the women had bought the spices ahead of time. They were ready to prepare Jesus' body for burial and, and they agreed that they would, they'd meet together after the Sabbath to take care of that. Most of them wanted to walk together to the tomb, but, but Mary Magdalene, with that special connection that she had with Jesus, she just knew she needed some alone time. And so she left before the other women. She left while it was still dark, in solitude, walking to the tomb where she had seen them laid, her rabbi. And the other women, the mother of James and Salome and uh, Joanna and some other women, they left just as the sun was rising and peeking over the horizon. It was the first day of the week. All of the gospel writers tell us that, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, they all emphasize that it was this beginning of a new week. They knew it was the beginning of a new week, but they did not understand that not only was it the first day of the new week, it was the first day of new creation, the day of resurrection. You see, resurrection had not even entered their mind. That's what these spices were for. A dead person, a crucified rabbi, a man they'd seen shed tears and then blood. And, and grief and sorrow as they walk towards the tomb. But, but there are all kinds of questions and some of the questions were spoken and some of the questions I think they just kept inside their heart. But they wondered, how, how would they roll away that stone? They'd seen a massive stone rolled in front of the tomb to seal it up. And would they even be able to get close to the tomb? Because you see, Pilate, at the insistence of the high priest, had posted guards to make sure that nobody approached the tomb. Legitimate, honest questions. How would they possibly do it? And how would they possibly know that God would send an angel before they got there, descending from heaven, rolling away the stone, and so terrifying the guards that they would faint away like dead men, only to come to and scramble away to make their excuses to their leaders? And so when they got the tomb, they were just stunned. What had happened? What was this scene that they were seeing in front of them? How were they going to respond? What were they supposed to do? Their plans had just gone out of the window. And it seemed at this point that, that maybe some kind of chaos and confusion enters the picture. Because Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, they all tell about different things that happened and it all gets jumbled together. But it seems like somehow Mary Magdalene, who owed so much to Jesus somehow separated herself from the other women and began to go and tell Peter and John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, that somebody had taken the Lord's body. Surely it was grave robbers. You see, grave robbery was becoming an increasing problem. And within 10 years, the emperor, Emperor Claudius, would make it a capital offense. So surely they'd broken into the grave and, and somehow stolen the body. But why? Mary arrived at, at Peter and John and, and told them this, this terrible, horrific news that their dead friend had been stolen and they couldn't properly treat him. Peter and John took off running to see for themselves because they, they just couldn't believe that somebody would rob Jesus' grave. I mean, he was just a poor traveling rabbi. Why in the world would anybody steal and enter into that grave? And so, and so off they talk, running as hard as they can, except for Mary. 
Mary trailed behind. And she dawdled back to the tomb, walking in tears streaming down her face. She couldn't run because her sobs were just too deep. And her breathing was just too shallow. The sorrow of her rabbi's crucifixion had broken her heart. And now the indignity of his grave desecration, it was just, it was just too much for her to bear. And she could barely put one foot in front of the other as they traveled back together. Meanwhile, the women who'd been left behind, Salome and the crew, they were just trying to deal with what had happened. They were just confused perplexed as to what they were seeing. The, the stone was rolled away. The, the, the body was gone. How could this be? What had happened? And it's then that they saw the angel. Now, we might think it's an exciting thing to see an angel. It wasn't exciting for them. They were terrified. As a matter of fact, we're told that they were so afraid, they were so scared, that they began to tremble and to shake. And as the time went on, as the hours went on, they just continued to shake because it was so frightening. But then when they heard what the angel had to say to them, astonishment and amazement was added to their fear. Don't be alarmed, <laughs> the angel said. You're looking for Jesus. The Nazarene, who was crucified, he is risen. He is not here. See the place where they have laid him. But go and tell the disciples, he is risen from the dead. And he's going to go ahead of you into Galilee, just as he said to you that he would do so. The women just stood there, afraid and in shock. Their minds just so confused, so discombobulated were they, that they were just speechless. This was not what they expected. This was not that they'd come prepared for. They'd gone there on one mission, but they were anoint a dead body. But now they were given another mission to go and tell everybody that this dead man was risen from the dead. The same mission that we have, and so they went to tell others what had happened. Somehow, like letters passing each other in the mail, as they left, they missed John and Peter arriving. John, the fast of the two, skidded to a halt outside of the tomb, but Peter, as impetuous as ever, just crashed his way into the, into the tomb, into the, the grave part the burial chamber, and just saw the empty funeral shroud laying flat on the stone. He, he just stood there, rooted to the ground. And John, being able to tell that, that something unexpected had happened, finally crept into the burial chamber. And then he too believed that the body of their friend was gone. But they didn't have an explanation. Because they did not expect, and they certainly didn't understand, resurrection. 
And so in stunned silence, they just stood looking at where the body should be. And then they, they raised their arms in disbelief and confusion and just sort of stumbled back to the place that they'd been staying. By then, Mary Magdalene had arrived. But she, just couldn't, she just couldn't bring herself to leave. And so she stood there, weeping, wrapped up in her memories and in her confusion. And finally, she, she worked up the strength and the courage to, to look inside the tomb. And it was then that she saw the angels. Why are you crying? They asked. And in, in the stupor of her confusion and grief, she answered them as if this was just a normal thing. They've, they've taken away my teacher, my friend, and I, I, don't know where, I don't know where they put him. And no sooner were those words out of her mouth when she heard a, a stirring behind her. And then she turned around and she looked and she saw a man standing there. Oh, he had to be the gardener. You see, Mary didn't recognize him because Jesus was resurrected. He wasn't just resuscitated. And somehow his body was the same, and yet his body was also different. And so she just thought that it was the gardener. And he asked her the same question. Why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And, and then a possibility that became a probability crept into her mind. And she said, listen, if, if, if you've moved my rabbi's body, if you've taken him somewhere, can you tell me where you've placed him so that I can go and probably take care of him? And Jesus, for a while, just stood silently looking at her. And he thought about this woman that he'd freed from so many demons. He looked at this friend who'd traveled with him up and down the land. His heart went out to this co-laborer who with her own hands had worked tirelessly to provide the money for Jesus to travel around the land. She's the one that funded it, she and some of these other women. And after a minute or two, Jesus just said, Mary. And it was like scales from her fell from her eyes or her heart or something and, and she began to realize who she was and she could hardly believe it. I mean, she had seen them crucify him. She had watched him die. She was there when they laid his body in the tomb. She trembled when they rolled in front of the grave, the tombstone sealing it forever and all hope had gone. And now all of a sudden she knew it was her Jesus standing in front of her and her heart soared and these tears of sorrow and grief and despair turned into tears of joy and she rushed towards him and wrapped him up in her arms. And after a minute or so, hardly able to breathe, but yet still somehow chuckling, Jesus said, Mary, don't cling on to me. Let me go. I have to ascend to my Father and our God. But you, Mary, the first to see the resurrection, you go 
and tell the others what you've seen. And with great reluctance, Mary left him and went to tell the others that the rabbi had risen from the dead. Meanwhile, the other women, Joanna and Salome and James' mother, they were making their way back to where they thought the disciples were. And they were still pretty confused. The angel had spoken, but it was, it was just a confusing message that didn't make any sense. And, and yet somehow they felt in their heart a growing joy that, that came from hope. And as they turned around the corner on some path, they stopped dead in their tracks because they saw that what the angel had told them had in fact become true. And there stood Jesus. And Jesus said... A joyous morning to you. What a word. What could they do but have excitement and joy flood over them and throw themselves at Jesus' feet and worship him in reverence and in awe because how else would you respond to a risen Lord? After a while, Jesus stood them up. I said, don't be afraid. You, you don't need to tremble anymore. It's me, and I've conquered the grave, and I've come to you in love, and now, and now continue on with your mission, this mission of spreading the news of resurrection. And so they did. As fast as they were able to in the strange state they, they found and located and went to the disciples and they told them what they'd seen that, that they'd seen a, an angel and the an angel said that Jesus had risen from the dead and then they saw Jesus and then they touched him and, and they came all this news and they could hardly get the words out and they didn't believe them and these disciples these men didn't believe these women surely surely it was just some emotional confusion. Surely it was just some kind of wishful thinking. I mean, how could we possibly believe that? Maybe we would believe that, but, but why would he appear to these women? I mean, their testimony is not even suitable to the court of law, and why would he do that? And why didn't they come and talk to us first? And, and, so, and so they doubted. Because everybody knows. Everybody knew then, and everybody knows today, that dead men don't come alive again. So they didn't believe. And so Jesus appeared to them. First, just two of them as they were traveling down the road on, on the way to some little village called Emmaus. And he walked with them for quite some time. They didn't recognize who he was. And it wasn't until he was actually sitting down at a table and broke bread with them that they realized that this actually was Jesus, the resurrected one. And these women were not just kind of crazy. But it didn't take them long before they kind of didn't believe it either. Because sometime later, all of the disciples were together in this room. And the doors were locked. And the widows were shuttered. Because they were afraid. They were afraid of what the Jews might do to them. They were afraid of what Pilate might send the Roman soldiers to do. And they just sat there, huddled together, confused, angry, frustrated, afraid, kind of believing, not believing, wondering what's going on, questioning, all of these things. And in the midst of this, they suddenly realized that Jesus was standing in the middle of them. 
And in spite of what the women had said, in spite of Mary having hugged him, in spite of the women grasping his feet and falling down, they just thought he was a ghost. They just thought he was maybe, maybe he was the spirit of this friend of theirs. I mean, they, like us, had heard of people who had loved ones' spirit kind of appear to them, and, and, and surely maybe this must be what it is. And that terrified them. Because it's scary to be in the presence of a ghost. But Jesus showed them. He said, why are you afraid? And why are you doubting? Why one minute do you believe and the next minute you don't believe? And why minute do you confess and one minute minute you doubt? I'll show you that I am resurrected. This is my body. It's the same but different, but look at it. Touch me. Look, here I am. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. See the scars of the nails that were put in my body because of my love for you. Touch me. Feel me. Speak to me. Listen to me. Hear me. See me. I'm resurrected. I am alive again. Death is conquered. And they sort of believed. And joy began to creep into their heart. But they still had doubts. Jesus had been through this kind of thing before. Okay. I'll show you that I am not a ghost. I'll show you I'm not an apparition. I'll show you that I'm not just a spirit. Give me some of that food. And they ate together. And they believed. And they spread the news. And they turned the world upside down. Because Jesus had risen from the dead. And Jesus had conquered the grave. And new creation had begun. Because he is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.